0: is great man he is just so wonderful and has been great this whole year but today I want to tell you the title of my message is let's get this year over with amen I mean because some of some of you may say hey I had a pretty decent year it was pretty good I'm looking forward to next year starting and some of y'all might say dear God let's just get it over with it was horrible it was not good I weathered the storm, but I didn't. I didn't weather much. I just, just barely made it. I'm alive. Praise God. You know, you may have had some losses in your life and different things, and you're just like, "Hey, man, just I'm just glad I'm here." And I just, I'm just ready to get this year over with and start on the, You got to look at at years as in, in rounds of a fight, like it's a battle, and you have a different round. And there's just like there's like 80 or 90 or 100 rounds that you got to go through, you know. And then and then the fight's over, you know. So it, it takes endurance. Uh, no, but nobody begins a new year to thinking they're going to quit. Everybody's like, "Man, I got New Year's resolutions. I'm going to do good. I'm going to read. I'm going to do all these great things. I'm just going to be on fire for Jesus this year." Nobody ever does. But in, in uh, Second, Second Timothy four seven, it says, "I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, and I have kept the faith." That reminds me. I feel like that's like you know. Um, you know like at, after the end of a boxer you know they're, they're standing up and like hey I fought a good fight I ran around I, I did it I made it I won you know so that, that kind of reminds me of that and you may feel that way because of the year is about over but maybe some of you feel like this year if you watch if you're a Rocky fan like I am and you watch Rocky Rocky 2 at the very end of, the, of Rocky 2 when 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 Apollo Creed and Rocky are both on the ground and they both beat the mess out of each other and they just one of them just trying to get up <laughs> You know, and, and, and you feel like you're like that. You're like, man, me and the enemy's been around and around, and I'm just trying to stand back up here at the end of the year and get on my feet. And God's going to give you the strength to do that. You know, and then, of course, he went on and gained, regained his strength and went on to have, you know, five more Rockies after that. So, so the thing is, is that today, no matter how your, your, your year is ending, there's a new day and a new time for you. And we we start off a lot of times at the beginning of the year writing down our, our goals and writing down who we are and writing down and visualizing our progress, you know. But we, we forget that it's a real spiritual battle. We forget it's a real spiritual battle. That's why we get blindsided sometimes because we feel like we're like, hey, you know, I got this. So let me give you let me give you two before we before we pray. Let me give you two realities that we need to remember today if we're going to end this year well. Number one is because of pride, we must daily die to ourself, die to ourself. And because if not, if we, if we keep pride in our life, then what happens is that pride will exaggerate our abilities and underestimate Satan's fiery darts and will end up falling. So every day we need to make sure and crucify our flesh and, and die to ourself. Um, Proverbs 11 and 2 says, when pride cometh, then cometh shame but with lowly is wisdom and then the second reality before we pray is Christians that Christians that are well more well-known maybe more spiritual maybe even as some may look at more holy and more righteous than you and I at some point in their life have not not finished well so don't think that I'm a failure I'm done I I didn't finish well I've had all this loss I've had all this turmoil in my life I've had all this stuff you know and you're like man i just, i just you're beating yourself down because of it just know there's a whole lot more pastors and preachers and 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 Billy Graham there was years he didn't finish well so know that that's why 1st Corinthians 10 says that you know no temptation has taken you but such as common to man in other words we all go through it we all face it we all got to get through it and move on matter of fact Solomon Solomon told his son, Rehoboam, about the moral dangers to stay away from, and what happened to Solomon? He fell himself to moral dangers. So let's go to God in prayer right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we just ask you right now in the name of Jesus to to be with us. Lord, we just just put this year in your hands, God, and some of us are, are excited it's over, and some of us are just, God, Lord, just thankful for the blessings and the victories that we've had. But either way, God, we want this next year to begin and we want to finish this next year well and we want to do well. And God, we want to honor and serve you. So help us today learn different ways that we can serve you and what can we do to make 2019 amazing. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to give you seven commitments real quick that you can guard your heart with. Seven commitments that you need to have for this year to go well. Seven commitments. And some of them are... Pretty daggone sim- simple sort of like the first one. And then number one, it says, Spend increased time in God's word. Spend increased time in God's word. And we need to make sure and understand that that, that that's important. We take it for granted. Well, like, yeah, yeah, I need no, we know that, but we don't always do that. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the truth. If we only read the Bible once in a while, then we're only getting part of the Word of God, and we're only getting part of it, and we're probably taking it out of context because we don't know what it really means. Because we, we read part of a chapter, we just read one verse, we read part of a chapter, we read something, and we want to use that to our advantage. When that's not really what God was even meaning, or Paul, or whoever wrote the, that part of the Bible, what they were even meaning. It meant something totally different. So we don't read, so we need to make sure. Now, what's a magical equation? Well, I don't know a magical equation. Let's just, let's just say that, you know what, if, if we can all start off with this commitment, we can get more fine-tuned in a few minutes, but with the commitment that I'm going to read the Bible more this year than I did last year. If we can start off with that as a commitment, then we're going we're gonna to be, do, do, be doing better this year just because of that. Um, number two, make no provision for the flesh, Romans 13 and 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So many times, whenever, as soon as a pastor says lust, people think pornography. They think sex. But see, lust means an uncontrolled desire. So that can, you can lust for sex, drugs, rock and roll. Sex, you, can, you, can, you, can, you can lust for, 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 for food. You can lust for, for, for cars. You can lust for, for, for houses. You can lust for money. You can lust for all these things. And so lust is more than just sex and pornography. So make no provisions for your flesh. Satan's always looking for an opportunity to defeat you, to get you. So how can I not give the enemy an opportunity to, to, for me to indulge in the lust of, of, of life that I might have? So the first thing is I avoid places, media, and people. That would be a temptation to me. So if you know you have a weakness in some part of your life, you know then you need to avoid... People, places, things. Now if it's your food, you can't avoid food or restaurants unless you're on a 21-day fast. That'd be good. But the thing is is that 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 is hard at times and the best thing to do if you know something trips you up, then do your best to stay away from that. That way you won't be tempted by it. And then God can you can gain strength by that and overcome it a whole lot easier. Um, and so number number three, keep your mind pure in your thought life. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, it says casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ and bringing into captivity every thought in the obedience of Christ. When I think about that, I think about a whole entire room full of balloons that's full of air in the ceiling. And I shoot each one in them balloons, popping the air in it and, it, and it comes down. And I'm grabbing those, and I'm grabbing them and holding them captive. And, I, and They're captive in this room, but I'm going to pop them and bring down those imaginations. I'm pulling down those strongholds in, in, in my life. And I'm not allowing them to, to flourish for me. And, and those, you, you can't help the thoughts that come into your mind. But you don't have to dwell on them. You don't have to, you know, you can't help if a bird sits lays an egg on your head, well you can, but if you had a bird lay an egg on your head, you don't have to let it sit there, and just hatch the egg, right, and so therefore, you got to understand that you need to, we need to get rid of the negativity, the negative thoughts in our mind, the self-defeating doubt in your mind that beats you down, and that you talk bad about yourself, and you, and you you have all kind of thoughts, and I should do this, and I should do that, and the enemy comes and tries to to control your mind and we need to take control of our mind back and we do that by putting the Word of God in there you continue to go back there number one putting the Word of God in there and it pushes out the other imaginations and the other 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 ideas that's in there the more of God comes in the more the other bad and negativity comes out and number four whereas first um, Corinthians ten twelve, wherefore let him him that that thinketh that he standeth take heed lest he fall we got to be, humild- be humble. Let's make a commitment today to be humble in this life and and not be prideful, not be rambunctious and and, and and zealous in a negative way, but be 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 confident but be be humble. You can be confident and not prideful. People say, "Well, I can't, well, I can't I don't want to be prideful." Well, no, it's okay to be confident. You just can't be prideful. There's a, there's a there's a line there and it's okay. And that's the problem. Some people want to be so so much humbleness and so such humility they let everybody walk on them rather than being confident and realize no i'm not going to handle that that's not the way to handle things but the, if there's one quality that we need to make it this coming up year is to be humble and not to not not to feel like that we deserve um things and that, that we that we are or that in ourselves number five cultivate godly relationships proverbs 27:17. iron sharpens iron so a, a man sharpen the countenance of his friend we need godly relationships. You need some Christian friends. You need some people. Yeah, we, obviously, we need to reach out to non-Christians, and, it's, and we need non-Christian friends too. Uh, actually, non, non-Christian acquaintances, rather. You know, but a friend is someone that you hang out with, you, you, your pals with, and, you're, and you are saying, you know what, you're a godly friend, I need you, I need to talk to you. Someone that you, some. If you have a friend that you can't say, hey, I need you to pray for me, you pro- that's probably not a friend that you need to be that close with. If you have a close friend that you can't say, hey, I'm going through some spiritual warfare, I need, I need you to pray for me. That's probably not somebody that you want, you want to be a close friend. Because you your close friends, you need to be godly people surrounding you like that. Again, we do need to reach out to the lost, and we need to have non-Christian friends so we can reach them, they can see our light, and we can minister to them in a proper and appropriate way. But if you're married, you need to make sure and cultivate a relationship with your spouse. You know, The only time you're, not, you're supposed to be lovey-dovey is just not when you first get married. You're supposed to cultivate a relationship th- throughout your marriage and make sure that you keep keep the relationship, um, you know, uh, uh, cultivated and, and, and happy. And you're supposed to rep- reply to one another and also have a spiritual relationship with your spouse. And if you're single, you need to find Christian friends as well and develop relationships that will encourage your walk with God, encourage your walk with God. And you need to be that kind of friend too. What do they say? If you want to be friend, if you want a friend, you need to show yourself friendly. And so we need to, if we want that from someone else, we got to reciprocate that and be that in our own self. Number six, commitment. Number six is increase accountability to um, to a godly partner. Ecclesiastes four nine and ten. Two are better than one, because if they if they have a good reward for if they, because they have a good reward for their labor. If they fall, the one will lift his fellow up. But woe unto him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. This is different from the other one. Yeah, you need godly relationships, but you need that accountability partner. You need that one person in your life that you can pour out your life to and say, man, I have, I'm, I've got some issues going on. And then then when you tell them about your issues, that they don't go run and tell everybody else about it. That they don't go run and tell your neighbor and tell everybody, hey, guess what? Some people are just wanting to hear. That. It's like they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And as soon as you leave, they're like, oh, my God, i got to go tell somebody. It's like they can't help it. You don't need that kind of friend. You need a friend that you can confide in, that when you tell them, they don't look at you like you're crazy, like, I thought you were a Christian. You know, I thought you were saved. You need that person that you can talk to that can say, you know what, man, that, Man, that's horrible, man. We all sin. We all mess up. We all sin differently. So you know what? You're messed up, and I want to pray for you. i want only help you get through that. We need that kind of friend that we can seek out, a godly, mature Christian that can hold us accountable. And if nothing else, somebody that you can just say, look, can you hold me to just basic Christian integrity? Just basic Christian integrity? That, that you know what, that, that um, you know, my Christian character, my walk, if you see me being negative, if you see me messing up, if you see me saying something I shouldn't say or talking or acting in a way that I shouldn't act, will you just let me know so I can make sure and, 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 and hold integrity and character in my life with Christ? Number seven, walk in the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 8 and 13. It says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy. In an evil way, and the evil way in the froward mouth do I hate. So it, this is just saying the fear of the Lord. It's not being like fearful, like scared. The word in Hebrew if fearful means reverence. It's like that you 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 reverence somebody's house. You know, when you go to grandma's house, you reverence her house because, well, you may you may not you may not reverence, you may just be scared of grandma. But you know, you go to <laughs> You go to somebody else's house, and and you reverence their house because it's not your house, and you just always want to respect this person. You know, well, that's how it is with God. When you're with God, you've got to know that he follows us 24-7, and and I always want to fear him. Not fear him like, oh, you're going to send me to hell, but fear him like, I honor you, Father. Everything I do, everything I say, everything about me, God, I honor you. All my actions, I want to honor you in that, in every way that I can, in conversation, in deed, in my decisions, in my conduct. I want to honor you and we may all want to look back um, we all want to look back over 12 months and say hey I stayed in the ring but like I said some of us are in the ring but some of us are on the deck and, and, and the countdown started we need to get up you know get up and say you know what you know what I can do I can shake this off and I got another round and I can do I can, I can make it um, and we all want to, to be able to stand before God one day and say I fought the fight I ran the race and him say well done that good and faithful child we are not and when we're fighting we're not fighting for our personal honor we need to be fighting for His honor. We're not fighting for our integrity and our, we're fighting for Him and who He is, you know. And whenever you get a whenever you get a marathon race, and you see a marathon like the Boston Marathon, you have thousands that start that race. They start that race and all and they you know but only few finish the race. You have the people up front that's like oh I'm going to get this I'm going to win this race. Then you have the people in the middle. That's like, hey man, I'm not that great, but maybe I can pull out an upset. Maybe I can do something, and I can, you know, I, I want, I just want to finish strong. And then you got the people at the end of the race. say, like, ain't no way I'm gonna win this race. But you know what? I just want to finish. I don't care if I'm last. I just want to finish this race. You know, and that's how it is in our Christian walk with God. Yeah, people that's like, hey, man, I'm gonna, this year I'm going to face God. I'm going fi- to face this year. I'm going to do great. I'm going to read I'm going to pray. I'm going to do all these wonderful things, and I'm going to make it. I'm going to be on fire. I'm going to save everybody. You know, and then you have those people back that say, hey, man, I want to live a good Christian life. I want to do the best I can. And then your people, then you got people at the end that say, dear God, I just want to stay saved this whole year. You know, <laughs> just be. A, I just, I just want to stay saved this whole year. I don't want to turn back on God, you know. You know, but 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 at some point, you know, runners, they they kind of they kind of all start off, even but even though they all have those three differences, they all start off strong. And for a long time, those at the back that just want to finish stay with those up front. You know, but then as it goes on, all of a sudden then the half the pack drops off, and then you got half the pack, and then you got a third of the pack. And by the time you get to the end of the race, you got one person that, 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 that won the race probably decidedly. And they won, and there's nobody else even in sight, <laughs> you know. And then you go back, and then you get like two or three people here, and then like five or eight people, and then fifteen and twenty, and then you know, then the rest of the packs down there, then the rest of them just walking halfway down, trying to catch their breath. But but the Christian race is a marathon, just like that. It's not a sprint. It's not something that you, that you can just run through. It takes a time. This year's going to take time, even though, you know, tomorrow it's going to seem like we're going to say, oh, it's Christmas again. Okay, that's how it's going to feel like mentally. Okay, but spiritually, this year is going to drag on. Because you're going to go through things, you're going to face things, you know, and you've got to face it the right way with Jesus. And as long as you face it with Christ, you can, you can make it through every part of this year. And there's nothing you're going to face this year that you cannot overcome. Nothing with Christ in your life. Some of you are going to face some bad things. You can make it with Christ. Some of you are going to make it through this year. Pretty, we're not facing the whole lot at all. Some of you are going to face stuff, but not as bad as you faced last year. And you, you just need to say, hey, God, you brought me through that. Now I can face anything. And we need to finish well. And we, we need to know that, 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 that God forgave us, and, we're, 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 and, we, and we can make a difference in our, in, in our Christian walk. So I want to tell you two things that will help you to decide this year how your race, how your walk, how your run is going to go. Number one, how well are you going to train? And number two, how well will you persevere? Uh, persevere. Um, so th- that's the two things: how how well would you train, and how well will you persevere. persevere? Um, you got you got First Timothy four seven b and eight says, um, "Discipline yourselves for the purpose of godliness for bodily d- discipline." is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable in all things, since it holds promise for the present life and also the life to come. Training well means working diligently to create habits. So we talked about commitments. So we're all in here, or a lot of y'all probably made those commitments. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to live right. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to make it this year. Last year was hell, but this year is going to be a new thing, and I'm going to serve Christ. I'm thanking that he got me through last year. I'm still up. i still got my, my hands up in the air, you know, and I'm going to go forward. And so I'm going to digit, legit do that. So you all made those commitments, so many of you. Some of you all like, I, I'm still struggling with that. Okay. And I pray that you're able to at least make those commitments and make the, make the commitment to start off with. But after you make the commitment, some of you all, uh, well, probably everybody's probably trying to make the commitment. But here's the thing, some of y'all in this room will make some habits, and I want to talk to you about seven habits real quick that we need to make. And the one is, we talked about committing to read the Bible more, but let's make a commitment, let's make a habit and say, you know what, I'm going to try to read the Bible five days out of the week. I'm not saying read two hours a day or 30 minutes a day, maybe just five or 10 minutes, five minutes, just, just read a devotion every day. And for five, day, five days of the week, maybe not in a row, I might miss a day here and there, but I'm going to five days, I'm going to do my best to commit and make a habit out of reading the Bible. Okay. And then First Thessalonians 5 and 17 says for us to pray without ceasing. So I'm going to pray every single day. There's not a day that's going to go by that I'm not praying somehow. I'm going to pray to God, and I'm going to to seek his face. I'm going to pray in the morning when I get up and when I go to bed. I'm going to pray during the day sometime, not just for for, for needs and petition and alms, but also, God, because I love you, because you're amazing, because I just worship you, because I just want to tell you right now, I don't want nothing, I just love you. Okay? And number three, I'm going to attend church and worship services in small groups faithfully. Okay, this is important because I thought about it today, I was back there in between services, and I felt like, you know how you take a seven-day z pack, you know, and then you miss the second day, third day, and seventh day? You're probably not going to be that well after you take that z pack because you didn't take it the way you should. Okay, it's like, so it's, it's a process. It's a, whenever you come to church every week, it's a growing process. Yes, I know people's got to work. I know people has things going on, and, and you know I know people ha- ha- has a lot of stuff that happens, and, and you're sick, and you got. And I'm not bashing that at all, Okay, please forgive me. That's not my point here at all. So please don't get offended. My, my, what I'm saying is, but but when you come on a regular basis, it, 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 there's a process of Christ. You're growing. You hear it. You hear stuff. What I say builds upon, and builds upon, and builds upon, and it helps you. And also, there's people around you that can love on you. There's people around you that has. Similar things happening to them. There's people around you that can pray with you. There's people around you that can be here for you, and I can be here for you, and we can build a relationship, and you can help us reach the city. So it's really, really important to, for, 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 uh, to have a habit of coming to church on a regular basis. I grew up with an almost unhealthy habit that where if the pastor says they're having church, you go to church. We're having a 45-day revival. Then we're going to be there every night. You know, that's crazy. You know, what? You know, you know we just extended the revival six weeks. And we're going to be here every night then, you know. And it's just not always healthy that way. But, but making I told somebody the other day, I said, listen, it's an hour and about 15 minutes every week. You can make that. You know, every week, do your best to come to church. Okay. Um, and then small groups. Small groups are important. We talked about a lot of them this morning. They're very important because you build more community. You get close with about eight to ten people. You know, I talked about this Friday night at my house. We're going to have a small group with, with couples. It's good for us, to, all the couples, to get together and talk and socialize. And, and, and the girls get together and the guys get together and say, hey, man, we can do this. We're praying for one another. And, and you get to know each other more intimately. And then also on top of that, um, you get to learn more about the Word. and You dig into the Word a little bit deeper. Okay, So it's important to, to go to small groups as well, and it's very important. Um, and um, the next is seek to discover the, the gifts that God has given you and use them. Okay, So find out what gifts you have. If you don't know, I can help you with that. Um, here, sometime in the next three, four months, we're, gonna, we're, we're at the place our 501c3 is totally complete, and you know, we, we are uh, 501c3. So therefore, uh, under Kingdom Impact, and we'll, we'll have membership, and we'll have classes and that kind of stuff to take in membership and all that. But also, we'll have also a class and a time where, where we do gift tests and help you find your gifts. You know? And so find out what you gift and what you're good at. And whatever it is, you know, let's use that now if you have at some, at some point in time told me Pastor Doug or told somebody here I want to be a part of this I want to be a part of that I want to be involved and we haven't talked to you yet please let me know because I want you to be involved and I want you to be a help you know and I want you to, to, to be able to use your gifts and maybe it slipped my mind maybe I lost a sheet of paper what have you but I want you to be able to come and be a part and be involved okay and you know come say, and, and I'll sit down with you and we'll say hey this is something you can do. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have a need for help in that area yet. But as soon as we do, I can put you there. But right now, can you serve in this area? We have something for every single person to, to do and be a part of. So please, if you're not a part, you want to be a part. Let me know. I want you to be a part because we need you. We need your gifts. Next, um, I become faithful in tithing and giving. Okay. And when a pastor says that, everybody shrinks up. Okay. I had in three years. <laughs> In three years, I have never preached on on tithing and giving. It's to my fault, maybe. I, I always I always try to make it a point in my message, because I don't want people to feel that I'm trying to drive it home in there. Okay, but but I think we've done pretty good. We have done all, every year. We have something free for the community that we just give away to the community. Whether we're giving away free gas, we're giving away free laundry, what have you, or whatever we're doing. We 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 have the, the um, you know the, the Fall so we just give stuff away. We help for Christmas. We help seven or eight families, and we just do what we can, and y'all really give. But it's really important to be faithful in that, in tithing. Why tithing? Well, tithing is 10% of your income. And I've had people say, well, I can't give that 10% because it'll mess with my savings account. And I'm like, man, your savings account will never touch what God can do with you if you give him that 10%. You can put your 10% in the bank and put your 10% with God, I'll, I'll lay my life down on it. You. You're going to lose with the bank compared to what God can do. So I'm prepared today to do something I haven't done yet. And what I want to do to you is say, hey, if you haven't been trying that or you haven't been giving your, your, your tithes, I want to give you an offer because the Bible says to uh, test me, God says, in tithes. So here's what I want to do. Um, if, you, if, you get, if you get paid weekly, then try for six weeks. If you get, get paid biweekly, try for two months. If you get paid monthly, try for three months. And after three months, and you gave it with a good heart, the right attitude, and you've been praying about it, and you've been faithful in it, and you don't get an increase, and you feel like it didn't work, I'll give you all your money back. Amen. That's how much I believe in it. Amen. That's the truth, because it's going to happen. I'm not worried about it. Ain't nobody ever took me Well, people's taking me up on it, but ain't nobody got the money back yet. Right. Not because I didn't give it, because when you give it, with the, now, don't, now, don't get me wrong, this ain't the lottery. You ain't going to roll the dice, and the money's going to start just flowing in like that. Okay, you may, you may, you may get a check in the mail. Somebody may put some money in your hand. But but when God says I don't give it to you, pressed down, shaking together and running over, that's that is more about um, emotional needs, spiritual needs, physical needs, you know, he, healthy needs. All, there's all kinds of ways God gives it back to you. It don't always come back in money, but it comes back every single time. So I challenge you today, if you're not doing it, to do that, and I and I'll give you that challenge I will give you every dime of your money back if you come back and say, hey, it didn't work. Okay. So, but anyway, t- and then giving, giving is on top of that. Giving says, Hey, I've got, I paid my tithes. I was faithful, but y'all have a special event or whatever. And I just, or, or I just want to give a little extra to God because I love him. And that helps us do extra things as well. Um, and so, you know, we are trying to get out of this facility and, um, and, you know, we, you know, we sometimes we have five or six babies in that little room back there and it's too small for those babies. I want a bigger room. Our kids room is not, it's not sufficient for the amount of kids we have. I want to have extra rooms for small groups. You know, I want to have a, a fellowship hall of some sort. There's all kinds of things, I'll, and I don't know if I can all get that this next next move or not. But I want to. So on Jan- on January 27th, we're going to start raising money, and I'm talking about w- on that day. I hope we get half of it. I want to raise twenty five thousand dollars to help us help us uh, reach our goal, so we can move out of this place because it's going to cost more. Everywhere in town costs almost twice as much as we're paying for this building. And so the, he said, I got another place, but it's twice as much as Japan. I'm like, I can't do that. I can't do that. But we got to get out of here. Y'all know, it, it rains every weekend. <laughs> and I am <laughs> dreadfully sorry that you have to walk through the slosh over here and this water. I, I, every week, I'm like, God, please get me out of that building. Even if it's the same size and everything's the same, let me have a concrete parking lot. Please. Because I feel so sorry. Every week, there's, there's, there's puddles out there. and uh, It breaks my heart. I, I, I just hate it for you. Because I want you to have a good experience. I don't want you to get out your car and, oh, my God, I messed up my pretty heels. You know, you know or, man, my boots are messed up, whatever. I want you to have a good experience. And so I want to get out of here. So that will help by, through your tithing and your giving. Number six, I humble myself periodically through pr- fasting and prayer. Once a year, beginning of the year, we do this fasting and prayer for 21 days. We just ask, you know, some people say, hey, I'm committed. I want to do the whole 21 days. I want to I do a meal a day or whatever. Or I want to do no sweets or no sugars or no soft drinks. You know, some people says, hey, I don't want to do any television. Some people do di- different things. Whatever it means something to you, you know. But the good thing is, if you really want to get down in earnest with God, as my grandma used to say, you push away the plate during times. Because, man, that just that, d- that just does something to your flesh. And your flesh hates it when you give that up. So, anyway, um, be a part of that as well. So humble yourselves periodically throughout the year for that. Uh, number seven, I diligently apply God's Word and precepts. Once you're reading the Bible and you're praying apply what you read don't just read it and do nothing with it don't be just hearers and not doers as the bible says so when it talks about forgiveness then learn to forgive learn learn to move on learn to get past learn to be healed number eight i develop a habit of sharing my personal testimony and inviting people to christ if you could come on up now um please i'm waving i'm waving over to at michael he was sitting here for a service and i was saying michael come on up michael's like i don't want to play the piano I develop a habit of sharing my personal testimony. So you share your personal testimony with people. Tell people what God done for you. Tell people how God's helped you through through the storm. Tell people how God's helped you in your life when you tell people that you, how you were addicted. Uh, matter of fact, let me back up one second. Somebody told me at first service that they were going to fast cigarettes because they they didn't want to smoke anyway and they weren't trying to trying to quit, so they were going to fast cigarettes and they believed in that, that 21 days God was going to help them do that. But anyway, so so a habit of sharing my personal I share my testimony and also invite people to church. Say, so, hey, I want you to come to church. Get there early so you can park on the concrete. You know? You know, or, 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 you know, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll valet park. I'll, I'll valet. I'll come get your car and park it over there and, and bring it back. And I'll wash it on a Monday morning if I have to. If you, get, if you come and bring somebody with you. And then lastly, the last thing I want to talk about is persevering well. Someone told me I mispronounced it this morning. I said persevering or something. But it's persevering well. And that's talking about just not giving up not quitting when you're when you're running in a marathon there's a time where you hit a wall where your muscles cramp up you get dry mouth you you hit a wall you're like man i don't know if i can keep doing this there comes a time in your life when you're when you're running a race that you feel like i gotta make a decision am i gonna quit or am i gonna keep going and it's just a wall And, and 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 here's the thing in your Christian walk with God, this year you're going to face the same thing. And you've got to set boundaries today and say, when I hit that wall, I will not quit. I will not stop. I will keep pushing. And I'll push through. And I'll make it. I know I'm exhausted. I know I'm tired. And I know I'm, I'm struggling. But I know I can do this. I the, the instinct to quit is not going to override my instinct to, to go forward. There's times in the Christian life that we hit that wall. And it may, be, you might, it may be something like this. I prayed for my anger and I hadn't stopped yet. I prayed for my addiction and I keep falling. You may you may have said, I'm, I'm discouraged and depressed because of this in my life or this in my life. I'm full of fear, whatever it is. And you're like, you feel like you hit a wall and you can't get past it. I'm here to tell you today that Christ, you keep pushing, you keep pushing because God will help you help that wall to fall in your life. It gets weary. We have general fears and and fears of discouragement and, and things that distract us. And sometimes that causes us to even disobey God. You know, Nehemiah was the same way. They tried to get him to disobey God, but he ended up fighting with one hand and building with the other. He had a hammer on one hand and a sword in the other. He said he was on the wall fighting people off and building the wall that, that God tell, told him to build. So how we behave it determines all the difference whether you finish well or not whether you win or lose, whether you stay in the fight or not. And you may say, I've, I've, I've tried in 2018, it just, didn't, it just didn't go well. Well, hey, that was only one round in your life. You got 80 or 90 rounds left. So keep going and then keep fighting. And there's another chance for you to come back, get your win, and move forward. Commit your struggle to God. Commit your struggle. Said God, I give you my struggle. Galatians six and nine says, "So let us not grow weary in well doing, for what is right. For we will reap the harvest time if we don't give up. When you keep planting seeds, you keep planting seeds. You're going to get a harvest. It may not come right away, but you keep planting it. It's going to come up. Just keep doing good. Keep trying." But Pastor Doug, I still got some stuff from my past coming up. It don't matter. Keep planting good seed, and eventually the old seed will die away. Quit, you just gotta quit planting the bad seed. If you plant good seed and bad seed together, then you're gonna get thorns and it's gonna, it's gonna be nasty and hard for you. Would you buy your hand, and close your eyes? The Heavenly Father, I thank you today for all you've done. I thank you for this opportunity, God, to, to challenge.